Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on a new episode of Chargers Weekly. My guest this week is ESPN's Eric Williams. We'll recap the first two weeks of free agency and discuss the importance of retaining your own guys. Eric and I also look ahead to NFL owners meetings next week in Arizona and discuss options for the Chargers in the 2019 NFL Draft. ESPN's Eric Williams joins me on Chargers Weekly, front of the program, and we're taping this right before the NCAA tournament begins, so I hope this is not an inconvenient time for you, Eric. Uh, no, it's not, although I definitely am going to watch some some basketball. It is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. I, I like watching the NCAA tournament just because of the storylines and the drama. So looking forward to that, but also looking forward to our conversation. Let's kick off this conversation with a Final Four prediction. Okay. I don't even know who's in the brackets, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think you can't can't go wrong picking Duke, right? I think everybody um, so has Duke. There. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm a Washington native, so I got to throw the Zags in there to, to rep my hood. That's smart. Um, you know, I, I like Michigan State in the way they play, but is Michigan State in, in Gonzaga's side? See, the that's, the, that's no. the problem, Eric, is, is – Michigan State is in Duke's bracket. And what I did was I, I tried to to zag when everybody zigs, right? And, and I took Michigan State uh-huh. to beat Duke in the Elite Eight. So I had Michigan State, okay. I had Florida State, I had Virginia, and I had UNC. So I had three teams yeah, from the ACC and not Duke. <laughs> I think the ACC is clearly the best conference because watching a lot of their games, it just seems like every year they have – five or six teams that are, can can get in the tournament and win games. And, and I've seen Florida State play a couple times, and, and I like them. Um, Kansas, you always got to be you know leery of Kansas and where they sit in the bracket just because they're there every year. Same with North Carolina. Um, so, yeah, I guess those are some of the teams. I, you know, I'm probably going to root for Gonzaga just because of the, the Northwest allegiance. Yeah, it's it's amazing how strong they've been. Just so consistent with Mark Few, and they're always in a conversation, man. So we'll see. I I ultimately think we'll probably see UNC Duke four in the national championship, but you never know with March. But I, I guess the NFL's version of March Madness took place last week with free agency, with just so many headlines. Right, A B to the Raiders, Odell to to Cleveland. Yeah. What are you going to remember most about last week when it comes to just uh, all the movement we saw? Um, it's the soap opera for men, right? I mean, all this stuff happens, and and you, you can't help but pay attention to it. It's why the NFL is the most popular sport and remains the most popular sport uh, in America, just because of all the different things that can happen uh, during the offseason, you know? And A.B., like you said, going to the Raiders, of all places and, and, and John Gruden, what's that going to look like? You know, now you have Odell going to Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and, and now you're kind of interested in that. I, can we just have both of those teams on hard knocks? I'd like to see both of those situations. And Honestly, see what that yes. Like. Yes. Let's, let's run back <laughs> Cleveland back to back years and then let's throw in Oakland. Maybe, maybe have a, a preseason game against Cleveland and Oakland and, and make that an episode. That would be fantastic. Yes, I would like to see that. And so, again, it just kind of continues to build interest in the league during the offseason and, and kind of enticing you and teasing you for what you're going to see in the fall. Um, and and it, I think it seems like the last couple of years there's been a lot more player movement of, of big names. And, again, that, that, that 
that kind of perks interest uh, around the league and around the country on on what's going to happen in the fall. I just every year, uh, in the last couple of years, you've had these big name um, players move. You know, Eric, I, and I'm not saying this about Chargers fans. I think it's all NFL fans. They want action in the offseason. They, they want movement. We live in this 24-hour news cycle where big headlines are, are seemingly made every day. But the thing about free agency is that the teams who consistently rely on it don't have consistent success in the fall. So, you know, I, I look at a team like the Chargers. Uh, they're not typically very active during this time of year. But when it comes to developing a team, it, it starts through the draft and they've done such a great job of of drafting in early rounds and then also identifying guys who have been contributors on their roster from Desmond King to Isaac Rochelle to undrafted guys like Michael Davis and, and Austin Eckler. So while it's not the splashiest time of year for the Chargers, I think they get better by just retaining some of their own guys. Yeah, and it's the philosophy that's worked well from some of the perennial playoff contenders when you look at the Patriots the Seahawks, Packers. Traditionally, they're not making a big splash in free agency, but they do a great job of evaluating players coming through the draft and then retaining their core players that they feel like are going to help them year in and year out make the playoffs. And certainly the Chargers are part of that. Um, Like you said, they didn't make any big splashes in free agency. They signed a couple solid uh, players. And I think for the Chargers, they're really trying to find answers for what's going to happen in the regular season should guys go down. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that was at the quarterback position where Phillip Rivers, again, the most durable guy in the league. But, hey, he's not getting any younger. In case something happens, they add Tyrod Taylor so they still feel like they can compete for a postseason berth on the off chance that Rivers gets hurt. And they get Tyrod decent money to come in and be the backup. So I thought that was really one of the – most interesting moves at free agency that maybe got a little bit underreported or people didn't pay attention to. I agree with you. And I, I love this signing for a lot of reasons. First, you have that familiarity with Coach Lynn. So Tyrod's stepping into a situation that isn't really foreign to him. He knows Coach from their time in Buffalo. He has 46 starts mm-hmm. the last four seasons. He was a Pro Bowl quarterback in 2015. So you mentioned yeah. it. You need security at the most important position on the field. So you get security behind Phillip. And when you have a team as talented as this one, I think it's so important to have a veteran presence behind Phillip that could step in and win you some games. Not only that, but he's been around the league. He's been on a couple different teams. He's played under Flacco. Yep. Um, and so he has that, that resume. And he, and, and he's, while he does want to start, he's certainly going to be comfortable as a backup and, and kind of helping Phillip prepare during the week. When I covered the Seahawks, they had a similar situation with Matt Hasselback when they were competing for a Super Bowl title. That Seneca Wallace behind Matt Hasselback. Mm-hmm. So when Matt got hers, Seneca could come in and still – be competent and still run the offense. And Holmgren liked having an athletic quarterback as the backup because he figured if the backup's in there, there's probably some issues going on in the offensive line, and, and you're going to need a guy that can move a little bit and create some plays on his own outside of the pocket. So he always liked to have a mobile backup, and I kind of look at Tyrod in a similar vein. And Eric, I look at Tyrod's past stops, right, in, in Baltimore and Buffalo and, and Cleveland – I think it's pretty safe to say that 
this is the most talented offense that he'll be a part of. You know, if he were to get thrust into action, I don't think he's ever had guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. So I, I think that just further amplifies what he's already done in this league if, if he's sprung into action, knock on wood. Yeah, no doubt. He can just kind of be a distributor, get the ball out quick, and let those guys make plays. And when you're surrounded by talented players, it certainly makes the game easier. We've seen that from Phillip the last couple of years. He, he hits his back foot, the ball's out, and then they let Melvin Gordon go get a first down for you, or Austin Eckler, or Keenan Allen. Um, and certainly, yeah, if Tyrod is thrust in there, I do think it would be a little bit easier for him. Thomas Davis, 15th season, he's going to be entering as a member of the Chargers. And I know all about the experience and the leadership, but they're not going to bring a guy in here just for that. He still has some juice, three-time Pro Bowler over the last four years, a first-team All-Pro in 2015. Thomas Davis can still get it done. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's not being brought in here to coach. He's being brought in here to play and certainly be a leader on the field. But, yeah, again, it's kind of the same kind of situation when you – when you look at his pedigree, playing with Luke Keekley, playing with uh, a dominant defense at times in Carolina, his ability to stop the run. Um, one of the things I was surprised when I met him was how lean he was. I mean, he's 6'3", 235 pounds. He's long. And he kind of fits the prototype of what Gus Bradley had in Seattle in terms of long, lanky linebackers that could run and can also cover. You know, I thought K.J. Wright would have been a great fit for the the Chargers and free agency, and, and I reached out and, and talked to him, and I know there was some interest, but obviously he went back to Seattle. But I think Thomas Davis gives you something similar. He gives you a veteran leader in there and a guy that has had a lot of production and should help a young linebacker group when you look at Denzel Perryman, Jatavis Brown, Kaiser White, some guys that are still kind of learning the game and evolving in that defense. He just You just throw them in there and, and let him go to work. I saw you Chenna at USC's Pro Day on Wednesday and, and talked to him about Thomas and just having that, that added leadership. And even for a guy like Denzel, Eric, fifth year, a guy who has – he's had to overcome injuries as well. You know, Thomas Davis talked openly about just overcoming his ACL injuries. I mean, he had to put screws in his arm to, to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's not just the leadership. It's also, I think, a mentality. Uh, and he's going to be able to help a lot of these younger guys on this defense. That was one of the things that, um, for Brandon Meebane, he had to learn from other veterans was how to stay healthy and how to maintain your body and take care of your body. Because your body is, is kind of what gets you through the league and gets you to those next contracts. So that is something that um, he'll be able to kind of talk to the other guys about, you know, getting in the cold tub and, and what you need to do in terms of preventative measures throughout the week um, in order to make sure that your body's right um, so you can perform up to your potential on game days and you can stay healthy throughout the course of the year. You know, that's obviously been something that Denzel has struggled with the last couple of years. You know, you can't keep everybody in free agency. And, and of course, Tyrell Williams is on to Oakland, got a really good contract. And I'm, I'm very happy for Tyrell mm-hmm. because I think he's worked extremely hard. And uh, there's a report now that Darius Phylon could be on his way to Arizona. Uh, but they did, yeah. the Chargers, they did take care of their own. And Denzel Perryman, Adrian Phillips is back. Brandon Meebane is back, and I think the theme here with those three guys is just the leadership, the toughness, and the continuity on defense. Yeah, no doubt when you look, when you look at those players and what they bring to the table, 
Um, obviously, run defense is something that you'd like to see a little more consistent. Brandon is one of their best run defenders and, you know, had to deal with the tragic loss of, of his daughter throughout the year, but still played at a high level when he was available. Um, and so they wanted to make sure to bring him back. Uh, Adrian Phillips is just his versatility because of all the different positions he can play. And he's your best special teams player. So it makes sense to bring him back. Um, just so you have, again, you want to have as many answers as you can in, in case guys get hurt. And then Denzel, your defense is just better when he's in there. You, you saw that throughout the last two years, particularly the run defense. And so you, it makes sense to have Denzel back there as a tone setter for that defense. And then I think the other guy that maybe is getting overlooked again is Jalen Watson. Yeah. He's a guy that potentially could have been their starter at free safety. And you're able to bring him back on a one-year deal. Hopefully he can stay healthy after having the ACL knee injury in the preseason game against the Seahawks. And you let him compete now with Sean Jenkins, who actually looked okay those last two games in the playoffs at free safety. So you have some film on him. Let those two guys compete at free safety and, and, and see who can be the winner of that if you don't like some of the possibilities in the draft. And Rayshon got a lot of snaps in the playoffs and also that, yeah. that last game of the regular season. And if you look at the defense that was on the field in New England, and you talk about guys like Kaiser White, who's coming back. You talk about guys like Denzel Perryman, who's back in the fold. Jalen Watkins, another guy who Jatavis, I, I agree with Brown. you. Yeah, Jatavis Brown, who was not on the field uh, during that game against the Patriots. It, it looks like a markedly different defense without having to do too much. Obviously, you take care of some of your own guys, but Kaiser's coming back, Jatavis is coming back, and then Jalen Watkins, you're right. That preseason injury w- was a very underrated injury to start the year. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that fans maybe have to understand is year to year, guys to develop and get better. And that's one thing that you don't kind of put in that equation is, these guys coming into the system are going to be a, a year uh, forward into it. They have more experience in it. Somebody like Rayshon Jenkins is going to be a better player because of all the meaningful snaps he played at the end of the last year. And so while you're paying attention to all these flashy moves, you're not thinking about the development of guys currently on the roster, how they can take on more meaningful roles within the defense and the continuity you have because those guys have been there the entire time and they're going to continue to get coached and get better, and that should make your defense better. That's why the Patriots are better because they continue to develop their guys, and guys get better. Positions that the Chargers should be focused on in the draft. When you have the 28th overall pick, you are at the mercy of 27 other teams, so you're probably going to take the best available guy, really in any situation. But there are certainly areas where this team could further improve. Where do you think the Chargers need to focus, uh, especially early in the draft? Well, well, first of all, I mean, you just mentioned it. I mean, when you draft that low in the first round, you are at the mercy of other teams, and you do have to take the best available player. You look at last year, number 17, there's no way they thought Durham was going to be available at 17. And so when he got down there, they're like, yeah, we're taking Durham. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. I think they're going to have a similar type decision at 28 where you where other guys are picked and then maybe no offense sitting there at 28 you're like yeah you really kind of don't need a tight end but but he's he's really good so we're going to take him or Irv Smith um or you know a safety is available that you didn't see sliding down the board and and maybe it wasn't your number one need but he's just the best player or corner um I think in terms of their positional needs though 
obviously offensive line makes sense. You want to continue to build that offensive line and, 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 and add talent to depth there. Um, offensive line coach uh, Pat Meyer was at Oklahoma's Pro Day, and they have a number of guys that would make sense. I think the top of the list would be Cody Ford as a guard. So that makes sense. Defensive tackle obviously makes sense as well. Uh, defensive line coach Giff Smith was at Clemson's Pro Day. A lot of mock drafts have Dexter Lawrence going to the Chargers at 28. So that's a possibility. I think O-line, D-line, potentially linebacker, again, depending on who's available. But then best available player, if it's a receiver, if it's a tight end, if it's a corner, if it's a quarterback, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to take the best guy available there in the first round because ultimately it's about adding adding impact players. As we get closer to the draft too, Eric, it seems like – Teams that need a quarterback will fall in love with a quarterback a little bit more quickly as we get closer to day one of the draft. And then we talk about this defensive line class and how talented it is. You could have, to your point about Noah Fant, let's say, just for the sake of this conversation, you have all this defensive line talent go in the first 15, 20, 25 picks. You have four quarterbacks go in the first 20, 25 picks. That means a really, really, really good player is going to be there at 28. So the board could work to your advantage in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. And like you said, it could be a good offense player that's pushed down because there's so many talented defensive players. Sorry, my dog is going. Like He's excited about this draft. Uh, that, that pushes it. <laughs> Yeah, Kingston's pretty excited about the draft or our uh, postman's delivering mail. <laughs> One of those two things. Uh, but, but yeah, it could be an offensive player that drops down that, that makes a lot of sense for you. All right, Eric, final thing. Which signing in the AFC West do you think is, is most going to change the landscape of this division? You know, last year... Alex Smith gets traded to Washington. That obviously propelled Patrick Mahomes into the starting role in Kansas City. He ultimately became the league MVP. Is there a signing that you saw over the last week or two that you think will drastically change what this division was in 2018? Well, I mean, we'll have to go with the most important position on the field with Joe Flacco going to Denver. Yeah, I mean, they're counting on him. Uh, being a better answer quarterback than Keenum was. Um, obviously, they're going to run a probably a, a similar style offense, probably what, what Kubiak uh, what ran there in the past when you talk about the zone running system and play action and, and, and being able to work off that. Um, Blacko is a talented player in, in his past. He hasn't played well the last couple years, so we'll see if they can get him going. If they get consistent play at the quarterback position – their defense is still good enough that they can compete for a playoff spot. So I think the fact that they, they add a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl, um, has, has championship caliber play in his past, um, I think that's, that's an intriguing um, move that they made. Eric, what are the next few weeks looking like for you before draft coverage really ramps up? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be going to the NFL owners meeting next week. Um, so interested to see, you know, kind of what comes out of there in terms of the conversations, particularly being able to talk to ownership about, you know, what they feel about the relocation of the, the Rams and the Chargers in L.A. and how that's working. And so I'll be there for a couple of days. Uh, San Diego State's Pro Day is tomorrow, Friday. 
So I'm probably going to stop by that just to kind of take a look. They have an interesting tight end prospect that, that will be working out there. I'm sure the Chargers will have representatives down there. Uh, beyond that, I think, again, it's just kind of uh, getting ready for the draft and, and trying to, to zone in on four or five guys that the Chargers really like and, and figure out if I can get one of these mock drafts right for once. <laughs> Eric, quickly on the owners' meetings, I didn't realize that you were going to be there. What else do you think is going to be on tap? Because, you know, replay is something that I think you're going to look back to that that NFC Championship game. That'll be a hot topic. And then I was just listening to Peter King's podcast with Judy Batista. They were talking about how overtime could potentially change or that may be on the table in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I definitely think those two things, when you talk about, you know, um, the impact of the game, Saints fans are still upset with what happened in the playoffs and the fact that they didn't get to the Super Bowl based on that that call that that was incorrectly ruled on the field in terms of pass interference not being called. So I imagine we're going to take a close look at that, and, and something will come out of that, along with the overtime, which, to be honest, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I feel like if your defense goes out there and makes a stop, then you're fine. I mean, the NFL is played on both sides of the ball, so the fact that you don't get the ball, you still get the opportunity to go out there and stop them. Um so I think those two things will, will be big talking points, along with, you know, Robert Kraft and, and his situation. I think they'll, they'll be, um, you know, that'll be heavily discussed as well. Eric Williams, ESPN. Enjoy Arizona, my man, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me again, Chris. I appreciate it. And that'll do it. My thanks to Eric Williams for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Don't forget, if you like what you hear this offseason, be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please help spread the word. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the March Madness games. And until next time, I'm Chris Harry.